we are going to pray, or pray, we're going to preach and talk about the prayer of blessing. All right, and I do feel this is my last message in the series on prayer, but we're going to specifically look at the prayer of blessing. You see, God's Word talks about praying blessing over ourselves, and it also talks about praying blessing over others. So let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about blessing. God's Word has some amazing things to say about the blessing. You see, praying blessing over ourselves is something we see in Scripture, and I want to bring that to you to begin with today. Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. It says, God, be merciful to us and bless us. Cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. You see, it's not wrong to pray and ask God to bless you. You know, in the past, there was you know, maybe a thought that if you're a Christian, you should be really poor. Or, you know, it's God teaching you a lesson. That's why you're struggling. But that is not scriptural. And God very clearly is showing us you can pray blessing over yourself, over your family, over your relationship, over your job. I'm going to explain it more as we go, but let's go to 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. Let's read it and then I'll explain. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. All right, now, I'm going to explain this a little bit, because when you just read that, you're like, oh, that's cool. Some guy prayed for God to bless him, and God answered. But you see, this is a really important portion of Scripture. First of all, it's in Chronicles, jammed in the middle of a genealogy. And -and so-and-so begat so-and-so, and and they had sons, and their names were, and then they had sons, and their names were, and all of a sudden, in the middle, it gives us this. That means it's important. When you're in the middle of a genealogy, and the writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, puts something like this in, you better take note. And as you look at this, you need to understand something. Jabez... First of all, it says he's more honorable than his brethren. Why does it say that? I'm going to help you understand as we go. But his mom names him Jabez, which means to grieve or sorrow. And we can tell from the little bit we see that she named him out of her situation or her emotion. Now, some people think, well, maybe it was because she was having sorrow in birth that she named him that, but you wouldn't grieve over pain in birth. So it's likely that it was a different situation, possibly a loss in the family or something of that nature. But the bottom line, she named her child out of her own grief and situation. And she named him grief and sorrow. Now, That is a really bad idea to name your 
child after your situation. But they did that from time to time. And now, without realizing it, she has put a curse on her own child. Like, what do you mean? You see, every time they called his name, they were saying grief and sorrow. Grief and sorrow. Grief and sorrow, supper time. Grief and sorrow, quit bugging your sister. Does anybody know where grief and sorrow is? He's over there. Every single time the power of words spoken to him spoke of grief and sorrow. Grief and sorrow. Parents, when you choose names for your kids, choose good names. Because it's the thing you're going to speak to them more than any other thing in their life. But not just you, everybody in school, everybody at their job, choose well. I know most of you are thinking, well, I would never name my kid grief and sorrow. You know, we wouldn't. But can I also challenge you a little bit? Do you speak to your children out of your emotion and situation? Or do you speak to them what you want to see? What do I mean by that? Well, I'm angry and grouchy. Jeez, you stupid kid. Well, you're in my way again. I can't believe. Hold on. Okay, you didn't name them that, but you're declaring something over them out of your situation and emotion. Don't do it. If you're that emotional and you're in a situation where all you want to do is spill something out that's negative and going to tear someone down, don't say anything. <laughs> or on purpose, make yourself say the opposite, even if you don't feel like it. You know, as a pastor, I've had the opportunity to counsel and pray with adults who are still affected by what their parents said to them. I wish I never had you. Oh, my goodness. And still to this day affected by it. My parents said, the parents said it out of their emotion and anger in the moment, didn't they? Don't say it. Speak and declare blessing over your children. But Jabez, it says, was more honorable than his brothers. Why? I believe because when Jabez came to an age of understanding, he knew the Lord and he knew how good the Lord was. And even though he had been named something, he went to God and said, I'm not going to stay under what other people have said about me. Lord, even though this is what my name means, I'm asking you, bless me, enlarge my borders, and do not bring evil that I will grieve. He is praying the exact opposite of his name. I want to encourage you. If you have been in a situation where someone has run you down, you do not have to stay there. You can pray blessing over yourself. You can pray the opposite of what they said. You can pray the opposite of what you've thought about yourself. You're not a nobody. You're not useless. You're not ugly. God doesn't make any ugly people. He doesn't. Everyone is beautiful in the way they were created. When somebody feels that they're ugly, there is a huge issue on the inside, and it often comes from someone else. There is no child that thinks they're ugly until someone says it. Do you understand that? Never. I don't care 
how the child was made. When they're little and they walk in front of a mirror, they think they look great. Somebody spoke it somewhere. Whether it was a friend or not a friend, a parent, an adult, an older sibling, nobody thinks they're ugly when they're little because they're not. So somebody needs to hear this today. If you've been thinking that, stop it and go to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. You made me perfect the way you want it. Thank you that I'm good looking. Okay? <laughs> Some people, really? You might need to do that today. Go home, look in the mirror and say, thank you, Lord, you made me good looking. I'm serious. If you're struggling, you go do that. <laughs> you guys are like, what is this pastor preaching? I was like, is he going to preach about hell or something? Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that next week. Anyhow. <laughs> I want you to know God wants you blessed from the inside out. And if you're feeling on the inside like life is hopeless and you're hopeless, how can he bless you? Okay? I've met people that sabotage their life continually. They are their own worst enemy because of the inside that needs to be healed. Somebody tries to give them a break. Someone gives them a job and they kill it themselves because of what's happening on the inside. So I'm going to encourage you right now, begin to pray and speak blessing over yourself just like Jabez did. You see, his prayer of blessing canceled out the power of his name and broke the curse spoken over him. Praying blessing is powerful and important and something we should pray. Now, we should pray it over ourselves, but of course, anytime you go to Scripture, it is not a selfish message, and we are supposed to pray blessing over others as well. Numbers chapter 6, 23 to 26. This is Moses talking to Aaron and the others as he sets up the priesthood, right from the beginning. And he says, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. You see, right from the beginning of setting up God's temple, his church, if you will, Moses instructs them, you're going to bless the people. This is going to be a regular thing. You're going to declare blessing over them. And this is what you should say. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Do you know what it means when God blesses you? This is what we're talking about today. He gives you favor. He causes things to work for your good. He blesses your finance. He blesses your health. There's prosperity that comes because when God blesses, nothing can stop it. When he protects you, you have nothing to fear, do you? This is an awesome thing to declare over your family, over those you know. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. That's an interesting one. You're like, did they just put that in there to fill up space? No, I've learned something. There's nothing put in here just to fill up space. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. This is a picture of a loving, happy father smiling over their child. Do you know that is something people crave? They may be someone who has not had that. 
That might be the wish of their entire life. But a father would actually be happy with me, smile over me, and be gracious to me, love me. Well, that's what your heavenly father does. Smiles on you. Man, that's good. That's good stuff. Proverbs 11, verse 11. It says, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. We've looked at this verse before, but you must understand an entire city can be built up, exalted, simply by the blessing coming out of our mouths. In other words, this amount of people in here this morning can transform Slave Lake by what we speak about it. You and I have the power and authority through God to speak and declare blessing over our families, over our workplaces, over our community. In other words, you run a business in town. Well, you should speak on a regular basis. My business is blessed and prosperous. People come and they enjoy it. But here's the thing. You also can bless other businesses in your community. You wouldn't want to just say, my business will be blessed, everybody else will fail. Because if everybody else fails, there'll be nobody in your community to buy stuff at your business. Did you, did you catch that? When you bless a community, you bless others beyond you. Lord, I pray you bless my marriage, but I pray you bless other marriages. Because if mine's good and everybody else's is falling apart, this is going to be a really angry community where everybody's mad at everybody else. Lord, I pray that our young people would be blessed and do things well and not get involved in drugs. And you, you could pray that. Well, you should pray that over other families in the community as well. I hope I'm giving you something here. Your words can change your community. There's nothing worse than a bunch of people talking, oh, Slave Lake is a horrible place to live. I don't like Slave Lake. There's just nothing that... Oh, wait a minute. How about you declare blessing instead? Slave Lake is an amazing town. You know, Slave Lake has some of the best restaurants anywhere. Slave Lake has... Good job opportunity. Slave Lake has the biggest lake in Alberta. Did you know that? Slave Lake has the third largest beach in all of Canada outside the coastal areas. Is that pretty cool? Slave Lake is going to boom. Slave Lake is about to explode, if you will. You're like, no, how do you know that? I'm giving you a word of the Lord right now, but I'm also declaring blessing over the place I live. Slave Lake is going to grow. It is right now in the stage of to begin, and it's going to grow faster than you even think. Like, oh, Slave Lake's been kind of slow. Slave Lake is not slow, and Slave Lake is about to grow like you've never seen. God's going to draw people here that you thought would never come here. God's going to create businesses here that you didn't think would be here. God's going to cause there to be an economic boom that causes Slave Lake to grow. Now, how do you know that? Did you talk to your MLA and he told you? <laughs> you know, I know our MLA prays for that and he wants that for this area, but he's not actually the guy who's going to bring it. It's the Lord, but the Lord may work through him to help bring it. I don't know. But I'm telling you, that's what I feel in my spirit and that's what I'm going to declare. But you could walk around the back streets and declare something else if you want. 
You could complain about bears on the bear trails. They probably shouldn't have called them the bear trails. I mean, <laughs> they're declaring some words. <laughs> and go for a walk on the bear trails. Oh, there's bears there again. Well, what do you expect? Guys, we're blessed. And I want you to start speaking it. Speak blessing every day. Speak it over your community and get ready. Speak it over your business, over your school. Young people head into school, speak blessing over that school. Because you can live and go to the same school and be angry and frustrated and complain about it every time, or you can go to the exact same school, because you're going whether you like it or not. And instead, you can go joyfully because you're looking for the good, and you're declaring the good, and you're finding the good. I grew up on a farm, and I loved the farm. I didn't like school so much, I'll just be honest. But I still found good at school. So get excited about your next. Because your next is coming anyhow. Declare and declare and pray blessing in Jesus' name. All right, I got to get moving here. Blessing others. Psalm 20, verse 1 to 4. Here's another blessing. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably, favorably on your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. This is a prayer of blessing set to music. In other words, they were singing this over others and themselves. May God do this for you. May this happen. May you have strength. May God look favorably on you. May he grant your heart's desires. Really? Did you know God wants to give you your heart's desires? The only reason he wouldn't is if your heart's desire was evil. But otherwise, he's like, I want to give you your heart's desire. Isn't that good? Maybe some of you are like, really? You mean he cares about that? Yes, he does. All right. So we should pray blessing over ourselves and others. We can also sing blessing over ourselves and others. You're like, I'm not much of a singer. Well, let somebody else sing. You listen. God wants to bless. Listen to Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Paul is actually praying blessing in this portion of Scripture. Hey, I hope some of you are taking notes or at least remembering one of these verses that I give because all week long you can read this over yourself. You can read and pray this over your community. You can read and pray this over uh, our governments even. Hey, we're we're coming into a federal election. I think everybody knows, but uh, I can't get political up here. But I can tell you, you should be praying and declaring blessing over God's next, what he's going to do. Don't just ignore it. Pray for it, focus, and then, of course, vote. Vote well. That's all I'm allowed to say, I think. God's going to do great things, but you and I have to play a part. But Paul declares and prays blessing over the Ephesians. When I think of all this, he says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all 
of all, of all God, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. He's just praying straight blessing over them. Did you catch this? Sometimes we're like, oh, I want to pray for what I want. Why not just pray and declare blessing? Are we praying and declaring blessing over our government? Are we praying and declaring blessing over the people we know? Verse um, 19, may or scary, verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now there's a prayer of blessing that I want prayed over me. There's a prayer of blessing I want prayed over my family. Well, guess what? I can do that. You know, did you ever know that when you read through scripture, you're like, that's so cool. I wish God would do that for me. Well, then pray it. Read it and put your name in there. Read it and put your family's name in there. But he ends this with the word amen, and this really stuck out to me because it's a word we use, and I wanted to explain it a little bit to you why people say amen. Not everybody knows that. Maybe you're part of a church that didn't say amen, or maybe you've heard people here say amen after I say something, and you're wondering, why do we do that? Is that just like the thing to do? Uh, maybe we should practice here because yeah, I don't mind if you guys do that. So let me practice right now with the amen. Okay, so you're like, if Pastor Dan said, God is amazing and good, he loves you, and then you would say, amen. Now, God's got something great in store, and somebody might say, amen. So, so, so let me practice that. God has got something great in store for you. Amen. Okay, now, so we do that in church. But I want you to really understand what you're doing when you say amen. So let me read to you uh, a definition or an understanding right here. So when you hear the word amen, when it's spoken at the end of something being said, like a prayer or a declaration, it means so it is, so be it, may it be fulfilled. But it goes a little further. It was a custom which was passed over from the synagogues to the Christian assemblies. That when someone had read or discoursed or had offered up a solemn prayer, the others responded with, Amen. And this made the substance of what was uttered their own. The word Amen is a most remarkable word. It was transliterated directly from Hebrew to Greek in the New Testament then directly into Latin, and then directly into English and many other languages. So that it is practically a universal word. It has been called the best-known word in human speech. The word is directly related, in fact, almost identical to the Hebrew word for believe, which is amam, or faithful, Thus, it came to mean surely or truly an expression of absolute trust and confidence. In other words, when you say amen to something, you are saying, I believe it and I receive it. It's mine. 
Okay, so you are not just saying something like, whoo, that was good, or say it again. You are saying, I believe it, I receive it, that's mine. That's what you're doing when you say amen. So in other words, if you don't believe it or you don't want it, don't say amen. Now, if you came and prayed for me, you were like, oh, God, give him lots of trouble so he can be so humble. I would not say amen because I read my Bible. You can humble yourself without the trouble. I figured out how to do that. So say amen when you believe it, you receive it, and you want it for you. Okay? That's why we say amen. Praying blessing is something we need to do, and it will allow the Lord to shine his light on why blessing may not be coming or what needs to happen for blessing to flow. Now, I'm talking to you about praying and declaring blessing over your life, but some of you who maybe know your Bibles a bit might be thinking, well, but isn't there verses that say God doesn't bless sin and that can't happen if this is... Yes, there are. And God will bring those to light when you start declaring and praying blessing, won't he? Because he wants to bless you more than you want. And if you're praying it and declaring it, and it's not happening, he will show you why, so you can take steps to make it right. So I want to encourage you, no matter who you are, begin declaring blessing now. Do not be like, well, I'm going to wait till I'm perfect, and then I'll call for blessing because it'll happen. If you're going to wait till you're perfect, you'll never pray it. Or if you're going to be like, well, I want to pray blessing, but I one time I did this, and I don't think God... Stop it. If you brought it to him, then he's forgiven you, and he wants to bless you. Like, but I just don't know how it all works. Pray blessing. God will direct you. If there's something hindering it or blocking, he'll make it obvious. And you'll be like, oh, okay, I'll do that. If you're like gambling your money away, but you're like, God bless me, you know what's going to happen? He's going to bring it clear to you when you go to gamble that this is not working. And he'll show you, I I can't bless that. You'll feel it. You won't need the pastor to tell you. So that's how it works. You begin praying and declaring it. He shows you how it can happen. You're like, God, bless this business, and he's going to give you an idea that'll bring blessing like you've never had. That's how it works, but you begin by praying and declaring it. Now, when you do that, God's going to bring some things, because obviously he can't bless sin. We know that. Genesis 16, 22 to 18. You need to know, first of all, that he wants to bless you. And so I want to read this. This is what the Lord says, because you've obeyed me and have not withheld even your very son. He's talking to Abraham, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And though your descent through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Blessing comes through obedience. You're going to learn that as you start praying and declaring blessing, God will show you. And obedience brought blessing. Abraham was the most wealthy man of his day. Did you know that? Because of the blessing of God, and his blessing went to many generations. Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm getting ready to wrap this up because I want to get our worship team back. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, 
to give you a future and a hope. You see, God wants to bless you. He wants to give you good things. He is not up there planning, well, I think I'm just going to destroy this whole world because they're horrible. He's not. He's up there saying, I got hope. I got a future. I got good things for you. God wants to bless you mightily. He wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. He wants to do things that you never thought were possible because he's merciful and forgiving. In Malachi 3, verse 8 to 12, he talks about opening the windows of heaven and how blessing comes. And if you're declaring and praying blessing over yourself, one of the things that he'll bring to you quickly is, how are you giving? Because giving and blessing are connected. So I'm going to quickly go through this, and then I am going to get our worship team up in about Four or five minutes. Well, a man robbed God, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. And the King James Version says, a blessing that you can't contain. Overflowing blessing. You see, God wants to bless abundantly. And for you and I, our giving is a key to him blessing abundantly. Now, I realize tithing is, some people have said, well, tithing's Old Testament. Tithing is also in the New Testament. And it's the way God asks us to be obedient with our finances so that he can bless us back. Now, I have heard people say, well, in the New Testament, doesn't all belong to God? Yes, everything we have belongs to God, but he's given it to us, and then he gives us instruction how to use it, even though it all belongs to him. Our life belongs to him, and everything we have belongs to him, so he's given us some basic principles of how to use it, but then, yes, he has the right to ask us anything, anytime, doesn't he? But he also gives us a basic way to look after finances, and he says, you give me a 10%, and I'm going to pour you out a blessing like you've never had before. And then he goes on to give other things about, okay, there's your basic 10%. Then there's also almsgiving, which is for people or things in need. And he says also you can give first fruits. And hey, there's also the offering of seed or just a special offering that you choose to do. So there's many different ways of giving, but those are basic things you can learn. This is not a message on giving. But giving is a key connection to blessing. I'm going to leave it right there. I want to end with this. If you don't think God wants to bless you because of your past, then you need to just ask him for forgiveness and he will bless you abundantly. You see, God is a God who loves people. John 3, 16 to 17, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And saved means completely made whole, mind, body, spirit, soul. Blessed abundantly. That's the God we've come to. Hey, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ into your life. Maybe you've never prayed and asked him 
to come and make you new. You need to do that. You need to ask him to forgive you and make you whole. And I'm going to just do that just in case there's anyone here today. And as I'm doing that, I'm going to ask our worship team to come up, those who are here for the final song. And we're going to end today with a song. But if you're here today with me, and for those who have prayed this, I'm going to pray a simple prayer, just in case there's one person here who's not yet prayed and asked Christ to come in their heart and forgive them. And when we do this, we're allowing God to suddenly transform our lives, to begin a work in us. We're giving all our past to Him, and it has no effect on our future. That's the beauty of salvation. The past is done with. The future begins. The things that were curses and stop blessing, when you say, God, forgive me for that, it's done and blessing comes. So that is part of salvation. And so I'm going to pray that. And I'm going to ask you as a congregation to repeat after me for maybe that one who's never done this so that they can join us. You see, salvation is as simple as saying, Lord, come in, make me new. I believe in you. So let's do that today. So pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me for all I've done wrong. Lord, change me. Lord, bless me. Use my life. I thank you, Jesus. I am saved.